When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Freedom Comics Podcast. Starring Mark Clare and Rimzo Martini. He is the Dark Knight. He is the, the Caped Crusader. He is the world's greatest detective. And we're not going to be talking about him today because everyone's talking about Batman. All right. The Batman, the new movie is out. Uh, you know, he's he gets all the hype, all the spotlight. But we're going to be talking about one of, anyway, one of Batman's sidekicks over the years. The Tim Drake Robin, the 90s Robin. I am so excited to be talking about this story today. But to do that, I am, of course, going to bring in my own little timothy drake my own robin remzo what's happening i don't want to be equated to tim drake why can't i be a cool robin like dick grayson who's always getting laid or damien who like kills people even jason todd had a comeback i think it's pretty cool to solve mysteries and be an amazing detective oh good job you're the least important of the robins but you have one interesting character trait that nobody's that interested in i guess we're gonna get right into the debate, the debate, the debate over the Robins. Before we do that, I want to remind you all to check us out everywhere you go on the social medias. We are at Second Print Pod on Twitter, same on Instagram, Second Print Pod. And if you'd like to support old Mark and Remzo here for as little as five dollars a month, you can join SBC Nation, join our Patreon, get access to all sorts of exclusive 
bonus content, including shows like What Mark Missed, where I'm currently going through the entire run of the Ultimate Fantastic Four. I just got to the zombies, Renzo. I'm really excited now. The zombies, the Marvel zombies. Yeah, yeah. The the FF zombies are looming in the background. It's a very exciting time over there. Uh, You get Remzo rants. You get all sorts of TV recaps. Remzo did Peacemaker recaps. Uh, We also did Book of Boba Fett recaps. Every Marvel Disney Plus show will be recapped behind that old paywall over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash secondprintpod. But guess what, Remzo? There's even better news. If you don't want to join our Patreon, shame on you. But if, if you'd still like to support us and purchase some of the comics you hear us talk about, there's now a way you can do so and help out your old buddies along the way. Would you like to tell them about this, Remzo? Yeah, the Second Print Comics podcast is now an official affiliate for MyComicShops.com. MyComicShop.com is one of the oldest online comic book retailers for new and old books where you can even find people auctioning off entire collections. Go ahead and hit the link in the show notes or on our website. And when you do, any purchase you make will go ahead and send a little something something back to SPC so we can keep growing. And as you know what we say, as you know what we say, as as we always say, (laughs) What do we say? Oh, read yeah. Comics we, change the world. We say, we say read comics, change the world. But now it's buy comics, support the show. Buy comics, change our world. Change our world. One book at a time. Exactly. That's our, that's our new motto. Uh, yeah. It only took me saying, man, we should find a way to make money on all these books we recommend for like a, a year and a half before Remzo here, the valiant one himself, came up with the solution. So very exciting times ahead. That being said, we're not going to be looking ahead today. We're going to be looking back, back into the 90s. When a young Mark Clare was first discovering comics, he dove into the world of Marvel, got excited about the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, then heard about this guy, Batman. Heard he broke his back and went to go check that out. And that's when I first met young Timothy Drake, Tim Drake Robin, who was one of many of Gotham's heroes to valiantly fill in for Bruce Wayne when he had his back broken by Bane, a story that we talked about called nightfall that we talked about in episode something i feel like it was in the teens i'm not sure exactly it was a, it was an early one the great thing is you can go back and buy all the old stuff on on our uh, my comic shop link too so good times there you go for that reason of course as you know the same reason guy Gardner's my green lantern at the end of the day there's no logic behind it it's because these are the guys who were the characters when i first got into comics it really is that simple so that's why tim drake is always been my robin remzo who's your robin I know it's not Tim Drake. I like Dick Grayson, but I like Dick Grayson because of him as Nightwing. I don't really see him as Robin anymore. And I would say Jason Todd, but Jason Todd was really a filler Dick Grayson. And he's only really cool because he got killed. And then he came back as the Red Hood, who's way more badass. Technically, I should say that Tim Drake is, quote, my Robin, but he's really not. I got to give it to my boy. The, the grandson of the head of the demon and son of the world's greatest detective. Got to give it a little Damian Wayne. All right. Well, it's going to be up to you because Damian was uh, during my dark period. I have read a few stories kind of like the character, but, you know, I'm going to need I'm going to need to see more to really warm up to him. So maybe you'll uh, what Mark missed me on some Damian Wayne uh, debut stories or some of the best of Damian Wayne. Oh, we got to do the son of Batman storyline that that's okay. that's too good. Even for uh, even for the Patreon, we put the juicy stuff behind Patreon. But that story alone is definitely something we should we should cover here on the main feed. 
All right, we'll produce it and it shall be done. But in the meantime, we're going to be looking at the actually this is the first series, the first miniseries, the first time Robin ever had a book called Robin. He was always just Batman and Robin, World's Greatest Detective, uh, whatever, but a bunch of various team up books in the Teen Titans. Uh, he had very various versions of Robin. This is the Tim Drake Robin, as I mentioned, uh, the third Robin after Dick Grayson became Nightwing, and Jason Todd was beaten to death by the Joker and then resurrected, depending on what timeline you are in. So in some timelines, he didn't really actually die. In other timelines, he did die, but was later resurrected. Whatever point is, he came back. Jason gets happen. his ass kicked. A lot, yes. Uh, badly. But this is the Tim Drake Robin, and this Robin, basically, he, he was kind of the son of a socialite, too, kind of like Bruce Wayne in that sense, and his parents actually ran in like the same social circles as the Waynes, uh, but young Timothy Drake, he actually figured out and deduced the identities of Batman and Dick Grayson when he recognized Nightwing doing a move that he recognized from the circus from the flying Graysons in the circus. And he put together that he was uh, Nightwing slash Robin. And then also from that figured out that Bruce Wayne was Batman. So this little punk, this little 13 year old figured this all out by himself to me. What great detective chops that frankly is something that a lot of people should, should have figured out already, to be honest, a lot more than a 13 year old kid. But nonetheless, this kid figured it out, earned the respect and the trust of Batman and Nightwing. Eventually, his mother was killed and his father was paralyzed. So he shares some some sort of a kind of a you know connection with Bruce Wayne there. And his parents were also the victim of of crime, of crime stuff. Boomerang, I, I believe, was the, the villain responsible for that. Like Captain Boomerang, or was it another Boomerang Not themed Captain villain? Boomerang. I think his name is just Boomerang. It's a different, totally different guy. Um, I guess That's some trademark name. issues right there. Well, it's all, it's all DC, so I guess there is no trademark issue, huh? Well, Captain Boomerang should at least take other Boomerang to court. I'm pretty sure they have a circuit judge in Central City. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Maybe I made that up is the other possibility we have to we have to consider here. It was might might be a different guy. Who is the guy? It's not it's not Boomerang then. Man, I totally messed it up. Yeah, no, it, I'm sorry. It was Captain Boomerang. Killer Strike. Oh, <laughs> it was Killer Strike. Yes. From <laughs> uh, no, you, I'm sorry. It was Captain Boomerang. Yeah, that's this one Boomerang guy. All right. Anyway. Uh, but nonetheless, the, uh, the, this series picks up right as Tim has is officially donning the mantle of Robin for the very first time. It is very exciting. And this one is written by our friend, our good pal, Chuck Dixon, penciled by Tom Lyle. Uh, I believe this came out in June of 1991. So this is actually like a little bit of a tick back for me because this is just just around when I was getting into comics. But it's, this one actually came out just before I got into DC Comics and before I got into Batman and Robin and, and the whole gang. Uh, but Tim Drake is standing there with Batman in the Batcave and he is saying, uh, I've been waiting for this. I've lived for it all this time. I want this so bad. Batman's asking him, how's it feel, Tim? You've stood there the longest time and haven't said a word. This is getting awkward. Uh, he didn't say that part. And Tim says, but or Tim is still just thinking to himself, but I can't tell him how much it scares me. And basically they have this conversation here where he's like, I, I don't know. Should, should, do, you, do you think I'm ready for this because I'm feeling so nervous because I am so kind of worried about whether I'm worthy of this? And Batman's like, nah, that's totally fine. That's actually what makes you a good Robin because you're thinking about things. You're not just diving into action, uh, going in hot-headed and head first. I don't know. Do you think that's like kind of a knock on, uh, on Jason Todd there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like kind of directly, actually, now that I really think about it. This is literally within like a month of Jason dying from when you go from <laughs> a death of a family to when Tim comes on the scene. It's like everyone was really, really ready to get rid of Jason. And he's like, you're a great kid. You're not like that piece of shit that just got killed. 
<laughs> Listen, son number three. I'm not your son, adopted son number three, who's going to be the same character as all my other sons who grew up to hate me. You'll be better this time. I've worked it out. <laughs> yeah. And Tim is like, you know, you need someone to watch your back, someone tough in the streets. And uh, Bruce is like, you can be all that, Tim. You just need to get the edge. Uh, so basically what happens here is that Tim is going to go off to this um, monastery where he's going to learn some extreme form of martial arts is, is what the setup is. That's what Batman, I guess that's what the edge he was referring to turns out to be. But in the meantime, we take a little interlude to Tokyo where we see the one, the only lady Shiva who is talking to a guy in a wheelchair. Remzo, let's take a swing at this one. What can you tell me about lady Shiva? She is the deadliest woman in the world trained by the league of assassins trained by every freaking bad guy you can imagine sometimes she's a gun for hire sometimes she's running her own criminal operations but she's one of the few people that's actually able to regularly defeat batman in hand-to-hand combat indeed and she is talking to this uh this old man kuroshi and she has a question for him she says you know all the world acknowledge kuroshi as the master of empty-handed fighting so he likes to prove herself here. Uh, it says, for two decades, you brought honor to your house. You were undefeated. Hundreds died at your hand, but then you met in combat a man who calls himself the King Snake. I intended to challenge you for your place in this world, but I find there is another who is better. How did he defeat you? What weapon brought you the, 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 the brought you so low? Brought you low? Is that, that what she says? Brought you low? What weapon brought you low? I guess that's a way of saying brought you down. Uh, anyway. Who kicked your ass, man? And this old man, Karoshi says, and he's all fucked up. He's in the hospital. Like he's, yeah, he's, he was literally, he's recently in this wheelchair, it seems. And he's saying it's the dark, the King snake strikes from the dark. I cannot tell you where to find him. She says, that's fine. I'm good at finding people. I'll turn him up one day. And she just basically takes off. So that's setting up who we will meet soon to be our villain in this story. The King snake. Why don't we just get right to it? Bremzo. What, if anything, can you tell me about the King snake? King snake is a snake. No, King's King Snake is uh is is basically he's yeah, I mean he he's basically a guy who's you know, like your stereotypical like kung fu ninja clan master type of dude. He he That's really fair. he's really not anything more than that. Yeah. But he's not even Asian. He doesn't even have the respect to be Asian. If you've seen any Bruce Lee movie, you've seen this guy before. King Snake has been a villain in it, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Tim is getting all packed up, and uh, Alfred, being the good butler, he is he's like, um, are, "Are you gonna bu- you want to pack this, Master Drake, uh, Master Tim?" Yeah, holding up the Robin costume, and he's like, "Um, I'm not sure, you know." If I, and he's like, "Just in case, sir." And he's like, "Sure, throw it in." I really like that actually, that little moment there because it's just it's a very Alfred moment, and it's very much plays on the whole history of Batman. Everywhere he goes, something happens where he ends up putting on the bat suit. So I think Alfred is kind of like, "Yeah, come on, you're going on a trip." you're going to some monastery of course you're going to get into some fucking crime shit of course you need the tim drake suit i did i really enjoyed that moment now i know i never really liked tim drake and i, I don't think it has anything to do with tim drake i think it has alfred to do packed with, his bags. i think it's i think it's because of batman and alfred they're enablers mm, i see you think they baby him too much At, after jason i thought every robin or every person he had after that was like child endangerment this is the period of Batman's life where I'm like, maybe you don't need a sidekick. Well, you know, it is probably 
honestly a reaction. It's probably a normal reaction. Like if a, if a parent, well, I don't know if, if a parent lost a child and they lost that child because they trained child. it because they try, well, that does happen. And they, but yeah, usually that's not the same situation because the parents didn't, the child you don't give them the they, same name. <laughs> you don't give them the same name and put on a, a version of the same, same exact outfit that he wore every day and also train him in the, in the deadliest fighting methods known to man. You, you, know, you know what, you know, it's screwed up. And, and I don't know if this got retconned or not, but at one point in a, in the comics, Jason, when he came back from the dead and was going through his red hood phase, he actually started going gray and you saw that his hair was red and somebody was like, you're going gray. Like, wait a second. You're, you're, you have red hair and you're going gray. He's like, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. It's because when I was a kid, Bruce used to make me dye my hair black to look like dicks. And because I never wow. stopped dying it, eventually it just started messing with my hair and I'm going prematurely gray. And it's one of those moments where it's like, damn, Jason, I feel for you. Wow, that is, is that canon? <laughs> I don't know, but it was there. It was in a, it was in Grant, it was in a, it was in Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin series. Hmm, I see. All right. Well, you know, Tim, Tim basically here is, is he's contemplating how to become the best Robin. And he's like, you know, Tim, Bruce didn't really, wouldn't tell me exactly what he did to gain experience out, out there in the big bad world. So he's, so he's talking to Alfred saying maybe learning an obscure Tibetan martial arts form from its living last living master. Isn't what this is all about. And Alfred's just like, well, you got to do what you think is correct. Master Bruce would never tell you what to do to follow in his path would not ensure the same results. You have to find your own way, choose your own path. Master Master Tim. Each experience has its own value. Uh, life's hardest lessons can only be learned firsthand. Tim says, well, what, what doesn't, 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 uh, wait, what? Oh, and, and Tim just says, well, what doesn't kill me makes you stronger, right? Alfred says, a bit pessimistic, sir. A philosophy favored by dullards, in my opinion, but adversity can build character. Spoken like a true gentleman, Alfred. And yeah, I just, I just wanted to highlight that little talk because I just, I love Alfred talks. Alfred, fatherly, sonerly, or, you know, uncle whatever, whatever they are. Um, they're, they're always, uh, this is a good one. Uh, he's basically setting him off and saying, look, you're, you're following this path. You have an idea that you got to learn the same like martial arts that Bruce learned. And maybe that's a way to start. But don't just think you can just repeat the path because you have to find your own path. So a nice little moment for Tim. And before he goes flying off, he also visits his mom's uh, gravestone and visits his dad, uh, who is paralyzed or not paralyzed, but he's he's in a coma in the hospital. So uh, which is basically what entire what uh, inspired Tim to actually take part and become Robin. Man, Batman's going after kids who still have their parents. <laughs> yeah, he's totally <laughs> he's changed his M.O. He's like, you know what? I guess they don't their parents don't have to be dead. I could maybe I could just do one dead one in a coma. That should work for me. He's like, I'm tired of feeding these kids. Like, I'll take him during the day and somebody else has to take care of them like grandparents. Yeah, this is kind of funny because Tim is actually flying to France. He's flying to Paris to attend this school. It's the end of this Raoul Lama, who's the last surviving master of an empty hand and weapons form that dates to the time before Buddha. So he's he's on this plane reading about Tibet, but he's actually going to Paris where this monastery is. So that's that's pretty odd. Uh, and uh, Tim gets to this monastery and this guy, uh, tr- uh, this guy Shen Shi greets him here. He's kind of a little punk kid, maybe, yeah, maybe 19, 20 years old. And he kind of just welcomes him into the place and says uh, and and introduce him to him to the Rahu Lama who basically for some amount of time here it's not exactly clear maybe I don't know I'm gonna say it's a month or something Tim is just training in these like healing arts these he's just like doing meditations and stuff like that and then uh, once he's done training with all that Shen Shi comes he's like all right now we're gonna train in some some of my martial arts take your best shot kid and Tim's like all right well I know this guy's probably gonna kick my axe but I'm gonna give it a shot and yeah Shen Shi just brutalizes him just just 
just kills Tim. He's he's kicking him in the face, kicking him in the back, flipping him over, like cracking his arm. And Tim is just all messed up. He's using the healing techniques that he learned from the Rahu Lama to heal um, from all these uh, wounds that he, this beating that he took from Chen Chi. And he's kind of realizing like, oh yeah, this is the inverse of of all the healing points. Everything that Rahu Lama taught me in my meditations, there's an inverse of all that. And that's just what Shen Chi kind of dished on me. Um, Tim's up at night kind of checking out weapons um, on the wall and Shen Chi comes. He's like, hey, a part of traditional Tibetan martial forms comes right from hunting my ancestors. Use these weapons to put food on the table. You'll have to learn how to use one of the one of these as part of your lessons. Choose the one you like to be taught in. I guess he's got to choose right now in the middle of the night. And Tim's like, "Uh, I like the sling. It's clean. Just like a kid. What do you expect to hit with that? And Tim says, oh, I think I might do all right. So it's Chekhov's sling has appeared. We we know we're going to see this sling again. Hit Tim's chosen weapon. Uh, later, Shen Chi and Tim decide to go out on the town. They head out drinking. And Tim, being the, the snazzy looking uh, gringo, as we call them here in Mexico, the snazzy looking American that he is, uh, he's all dressed up in his fancy socialite clothes to his little, his purple sweater with his little collar sticking out. His, he's, looking, he's looking spiffy, this Tim. A lot lots bigger than the rest of the kids of this club and uh this chick comes up to him she's wearing kind of like a biker jacket and some some snazzy blue tight pants and uh she comes yeah, up she's like, yeah. Oh, yeah she's like you're, you're an american he's like oh is it that obvious and uh she's like oh yeah your haircut i have an eye for things like that Tim Tim pulls the whole hey I can't hear anything I I can barely hear you Smite moved him he has I don't know if he has moves or it was an accident but it was a smooth move because she's like well why don't we just step outside and go talk someplace else but then Shen Chi comes in this little punk and tries to hit on this girl himself and she just like she gives it to him and uh, just like nails him on the foot and then um, Tim and this chick kind of head out to the alley they're talking they seem to be hitting it off when these uh, these guys that look like Renzo have you ever played double dragon i was about to say they look like they're like street fighter rejects yeah they look like to me these guys look like generic bad guys from uh the game double dragon a uh, double dragon 2 to be specific is the, is the better of the double dragons of course uh, and this guy yells ling i guess ling is the other girl's name ling where you been i've been looking all over this damn town for you and she says i'm just having fun billy you remember fun don't you i guess and billy does not remember fun or does not care to remember fun because he just comes in and grabs ling pulls her away he's like i you knew i wanted you to meet us get you knew what we had planned let's go let's get out of here and um she so he's kind of like roughing her up like pulling her by the hair and tim's like hey leave the girl alone she doesn't have to go with you if she doesn't want to he's like did you just speak to me really and shen chi just uh not shen chi did we don't know this guy's name yet he just kicks tim right in the face uh and is screaming is yelling at him he's like i wish i had more time white boy maybe we'll meet again how racist unbelievable so tim has been uh shaken up and he's kind of thinking to himself we have his narration here he's saying you know she's cursing him in a steady stream of chinese and french and good old anglo-saxon she's one of them she she's one of them she wears their colors maybe she likes that kind of treatment and then we get a big close-up of tim wiping the blood off his face and he has this kind of like stern look on his face and he says but maybe she doesn't and i really like this little close-up because you could see tim was not no longer happy-go-lucky tim he had found as alfred predicted he had found someone to protect someone that triggered that uh that you know that Batman-esque defense, uh, that mechanism in him. So he goes and chases these guys down, gets right into the business. But of course, you know, he's got to go back and change into the Robin outfit. So he first sneaks back into the temple, changes into the Robin outfit, and then goes back out to this uh, warehouse where they were, these guys are all 
hiding out and they're just like beating up uh, this dude who they have held captive here. And Robin's like, well, I can't just let this guy get beat up. So Robin full in full Robin garb. Tim swings down, uh, kicks some of these dudes in the face, helps that guy get free. This dude starts kicking some ass, by the way. And Tim and this guy, he's like this uh, black guy who turns out to be a DE agent. His name is Clyde Rollins. Renzo, are, do you have any familiarity with the co- co- with the character? Do you have any familiarity with the character of Clyde Rollins? No. Okay. Well, he's actually, this is not the only time we meet him. He is actually like a semi-frequent, if you can believe this is a thing, um, Tim Drake, Robin um, cohort and ally throughout, throughout comics. I was going to say, Robin has a sidekick. <laughs> he's not really, I wouldn't really call him a sidekick. We'll, we'll learn more about Clyde, Clyde as we go on here. Um, yeah, but uh, Clyde and Robin, they are kicking some ass. And as they uh, they take out these guys, there's just more and more they're surrounded by. And as we see a mysterious figure who is watching on, and this is, of course, the same figure we met earlier at Lady Shiva watches on to be continued. Now, uh, what do you think? I know t- Tim Drake is not necessarily your favorite Robin, but what do you think of this particular story so far by our good pal Chuck Dixon? I like how they've basically turned Tim Drake into Danny LaRusso from the Karate Kid everything down so come on man don't you remember what fun was like who are you kid like that it's the beach scene it's the beach scene from the karate kid hey put my stereo back no no jenny or whatever her name was I can see some parallels it's the karate kid okay it's the karate kid and it's enter the dragon because now what they've done is they've given the the kung fu protege a black sidekick he's not his sidekick i i will dispute that clyde rollins is a sidekick because he actually ends up training him as we stick with this story he ends up training him and he actually becomes a crucial part of his development this is kind of part of what alfred was talking about you got to find your own path and you know part of this path was this training with raul lama but part of it becomes the lessons learned from Clyde. you see bruce never had the guts to get a black robin so no, Robin will get his own black sidekick. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what it is. Uh, no, but Clyde is a DEA agent, and he he is no one's sidekick. It's it's interesting. I'm not dissing it because they ripped off a scene from the Karate Kid or the <laughs> obvious, you know, Enter the Dragon parallels. I like it. It's it's just that it's 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 very noticeable. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to issue two, we'll see. We'll see how your uh, opinions uh, change as we move on here. Uh, but we uh, pick up where we left off, where Robin, Tim Drake, Robin, and Clyde Rollins. I don't think we've even been introduced to him yet, but uh, I know his name, Clyde Rollins, who are actually kicking some ass, kicking some double dragon ass, and uh, having fun doing it. And uh, yeah, they are both. Uh, they are both. Sc- it makes you wonder how Clyde even got captured in the first place because he seems to be holding his own quite well, like almost like he wouldn't have even needed Tim except for that he was, you know, he was tied up or whatever. Um, so yeah, they're they're getting into it, but. But these guys, there are a lot of these guys here and they are kind of getting outnumbered, too. So like there, this is not just I, that's what kind of one thing I like about this, too. Like, and I guess it's what I like about street level sort of superhero hijinks, you know, with that people without powers anyway, is that, you know, they can actually be threatened by regular people. Like so like 10 guys who are pretty good at martial arts, that would be a real threat to like anybody, even if they're really good at martial arts. So it just feels a lot more believable. Whereas, you know, if this is Superman or even if this is Batman, because Batman is so beyond so skilled that he is kind of just a superhuman among humans in his own right. But I like that, especially Tim, like this is a teenager here. Like um, he probably shouldn't be involved in any of this stuff actually, or encouraged to do any of this stuff. Really? Uh, He is, uh, he's very vulnerable here. And it, it really seems like Clyde is actually starting to fare better as the battle goes on. And is actually like even more so defending tim as the battle goes on but uh eventually they do kick a lot of ass and 
um, basically Ling runs away with uh, that head asshole guy who is, uh, you know, the do you even know what fun is? Uh, <laughs> that guy. Um, so <laughs> they should remake this uh, with a um what, what's that cobra kai do cobra kai but with these guys yeah <laughs> cobra kai later. season five and tim drake just a gro- just a total fucking asshole um yeah so tim and uh, these guys run away they basically have have done enough to scare them off and uh t- tim's about to take off after this chick and, and this guy's like you know whoa whoa where are you running to son he's like she's in trouble we gotta go after her he's like no we ain't going nowhere we ain't even and then he's about to fall over like he is he is uh he's been exerting himself quite a bit clyde and took a lot of punishment before tim showed up so uh tim just helps him out as they're being watched and followed uh in the background we see her in like every panel for a few panels there uh, by lady shiva and uh they're chatting tim really wants to get clyde to a hospital and he's like nah nah i'll be fine i'll be fine uh then he's like all right i got another place to take you and he's like well where are you gonna take me he's like well, just let me worry about that just put one front uh, one foot in front of the other and clyde's like how do i look kid he's like just great you're looking great he's like look don't lie to me kid i let I, I look like hell and we both know it so so they're 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 becoming uh, you know fast buddies here. Uh, in the meantime, we go and we meet the boss of this gang, who is the one and only King Snake, who we discussed earlier. And this guy's complaining. He's like, you know, this Rollins guy got away. He had help from someone. Uh, it's not our fault. He's like, oh, it's your fault, Billy. You're if you're the leader, this is all your fault, essentially. And, and the King Snake just with one fist just takes this guy out. His face is all bloody. And then um, Ling speaks up. She says it was a boy. And King's like, King Snake's like, oh, a boy. He's like, yeah, young boy, uh, almost a child. He came to Rollins' aid. He he whipped these ghost dragons with ease. The ghost dragons. That's what they're called. Uh, he was in a mask and fought with great. Skill. Skill. I told Billy to remain and kill the American and the meddling boy, but he and the others are cowards. So basically, Ling just like because she speaks up, she's she has earned the respect. She's calling these guys cowards. She has seemingly earned the respect of uh, of King Snake here. So uh, what seemed like an innocent damsel in distress seems to uh, you know she's got her own her own cunningness of her own. Meanwhile, we see this guy who is being hired. Um, this is um, to kill King Snake or to take out King Snake. Um, this is kind of like a really random scene and it does come back, but it, it doesn't seem to have a ton of importance to the story, even though it, do, it does tie back together. But basically this guy has been, has been hired has been uh, paid a hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand pounds, Frank's hundred thousand dollars to take out the King snake. That's actually a conversation that they have. They're like, he's like 100,000. And the guy's like pounds, like Frank's he's like dollars or I leave right now. Oh, how, Oh, how times have changed. He's probably be asking for Bitcoin or something right now. If it was happening today, uh, we go and see that Clyde Rollins is waking up and he's in quite a nice place. He's like, man, I died and, and went to heaven. He's and then Tim's there. Basically, Tim's there making him breakfast in bed as he is just living it up in uh, in the very nice room in this monastery. And Tim's talking to him. He's like, so so what's the story here, Clyde? Clyde's like, look, I haven't. And he's like, I was a DEA agent, DEA, DEA agent. But Tim's like, look, your your ID expired three months ago. So you're you're really not undercover here. Like he's like, you're really undercover. And Clyde's like, I haven't really been reporting to work for a year. Things got kind of personal between me and the ghost dragons. They hurt some people close to me. You probably wouldn't understand. And again, we see a close up of Tim looking pretty pissed off saying try me so uh these guys have something in common their families have both been affected by crime and as uh rollins who's in his underwear is getting his uh, getting his tim is helping him up he's about to put some clothes on when Did tim take him out of his clothes 
I no, I I well, I someone must have right because he just you, woke you know, up. I, you know the the reveal <laughs> that now Tim Drake is bisexual. Maybe the seeds were planted way way back. Maybe this was here the whole time. That that may be the case. Um, yeah, I like the thing the monastery guys helped him out, but maybe maybe just Tim did this all himself. Um, either way. Helped him remove the clothes off Rollins or discover his bisexuality. You know, you can you can believe whatever you want in your own hen cannon. That's, that's what I'm going to say here. But uh, as uh, before Rollins even can put a single pant leg on, uh, who appears in the window? It's Lady Shiva. She says, hey, you both need help. You're in danger. They're like, what? Who the hell are you? We need a sound effect for each time Lady Shiva jumps in. Like, ba 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 Shiva! I, I was picturing more like a gong, like a coom. Bong. But, but maybe that's because I'm racist. Is that racist that I want to hear a gong when I see Lady Shiva? That's kind of racist. Okay, but <laughs> I'm not sure if that's that's the Lady Shiva sound. But I'm going to gong each time she shows up, and I want you to just tell me how you feel. Okay. Having somebody uh, so I, gong for Shiva. If, if I start to get uncomfortable as the observer, then I will know. Meanwhile, uh, Tim's like, do you know this chick? And she's like, huh, you have much to learn of the streets. If I could find you, others could. They're on their way now. And yes, as she said, the ghost dragons are always already running down the hallway and they start lighting up the room. And by the time they break in, they're doing the classic runaway on the windowsill um, outside the windows. Oh, man, I always get queasy when this stuff happens in movies. How, how are you with heights, Remzo? What do, how do you... How, Tell me, tell me how you feel about heights. Are you a fan of them? I remember seeing like the scaffold scene in like Rush Hour and Rush Hour 2. And I always fast forwarded past those parts. Mm, yeah. If I know, if I truly know I'm safe, like on an airplane or like in a roller coaster, like I don't actually get scared. I do get that like feeling when I look down like, oh, but if if I'm if I don't like if I if I'm just at a height and I, I mean, I can it definitely makes me feel queasy, especially uh, when I see scenes like this in movies like I just can't imagine doing anything when you're when I, how could I think about being having bullets shot at me so they are actually running from bullets here um, while uh, when they're being shot at while running essentially running on this windowsills and um, eventually they uh, Tim and Clyde <laughs> and Clyde is holding on to Tim as he uh, swings them away with one of his uh, little batarang contraptions so t- Tim and uh, Clyde are just uh, you know they're, they're fast friends here you, you know you know those things have a name right what, I couldn't think of the name. What, what? So with Batman, they're called Batarangs. You want to know what they're called for Robin? No, what are they called? I mean, I do want to know. They're called Wingdings. Wingdings? Wingdings. Wingdings? Yeah. Wow. I want to open up a wing shack called Wingdings. Wingdings. And they all come in these little Robin-shaped bowls. Anyway, all right. What's the connection to Robin and Wingdings? We don't know. But what about Batman and Batarangs? There's a bat. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that, that Robin and Rollins have made it down to the street, and, and Tim is still carrying like Robins, like his his Rollins, I should say. I, I combine their into one Robin and Rollins into Robins. Uh, Robins, it's like they're, uh, they're Brangelina. Uh, Brangelina, exactly. His ribs are all taped up. He's in rough shape. Now we have the ghost dragons, and we also have the cops. The cops have drawn the attention here because they're shooting in the street. So things are just getting a little bit out of control. Man, big trouble, little China. Yeah, Shiva is there, and then. Dong. Uh, I feel I'm okay so far, but mostly because it wasn't a very realistic. I'm gonna, gong I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep gonging. I need you to find an actual gong sound effect. I mean, I mean you're gonna need to do better than that to really make me feel to make me feel uncomfortable. Um, and these guys are going and reporting back to King Snake, and and they're like, "No, it was a woman. There was a woman there. She helped them." They're like, "Okay, first it's a boy, now it's a woman." He's like, "You guys are fucking useless." And this guy gets beat up by King Snake too. Like King Snake is King Snake looks like such a classic like 80 80s movie villain doesn't he 
He he's like he he's like vanilla ice if he starred in like Miami Vice. He feels like a Dolph Lundgren to me. Like Dolph Lundgren should play King Snake, but in the eighties, Dolph Lundgren from the eighties, not today. Dolph Lundgren, please. Um, and King Snake's basically like, look, I, I think there's a need for new la- change in leadership in the Ghost Dragons. I think you have the right attitude I'm looking for. He's talking to Ling, and she's like, but my name is Ling, but I am called Lynx on the street. So Lynx is also a character that does reoccur throughout, if you can believe there is such a thing, Tim Drake lore. There is such a thing as Tim Drake lore. Um, so we've got all these new characters now, Lynx. Uh, so we have Lynx is on the case. Her task, she is now tasked with hunting down and finding these troublemakers robin and rollins or robins as, as i call them um as they are actually being spied upon uh by uh, lady shiva at the same time uh we then go back to uh I, I oh it didn't this. play i even pulled up in a lot i even pulled up a thing uh, for you it. had a gong for me yeah that's not much better we, we need some better production here gong Uh, if, now, if you start doing it for every Asian character, then I'll start. No, doing that's maybe messed up. <laughs> um, but Tim is now doing some uh, research. They are in. They're not in the same monastery. They're in. I don't know how they got to some cabin. I think this was like uh, Rollins uh, place that he had out there, like a safe house or something. And Tim is on his computer. He's hacking like Rollins DEA records and stuff. He's like, I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. This is kind of what I do. Uh, he's like, yeah, the, you're accessing your file was kind of tricky. They had a lot of security codes. He's like, kid, you shouldn't have done that. He's like, well, yeah, but I thought it could as a kid. You had no right, no right to snoop around my past. He's like, look, dude, you're after these ghost dragons for two years. You followed a trail of heroin and murder. They're heroin dealers. Did I mention that yet? They're heroin dealers and murder from Montreal to Marseille to Bangkok. You were hurting them. Your rec- your seizures were record breaking. Your team's conviction rates, 99%. Then you just quit. You gave up the good fight. Why, Clyde? He, I got to know the truth. And Clyde finally whips around, so angry. He says, the good fight. The good fight got my wife and, and baby killed. That's what's so, what's so good about that. And when I wanted to bring down the scum who did it, I got all I got was a load of bull about immunity. The kingpin was some English high roller with heavy connections. So basically, um, the, Black the Punisher. King Snake had the Black Punisher, yes. King Snake had uh, had Rollins' family killed because Rollins was busting up his operation, and then Rollins uh, tried to get him taken down legally, and they're like, "Nah, he, this guy is fine." So you know, he he actually learned his distrust of the DEA and basically just went rogue. So Rollins, this guy Clyde Rollins, is basically just a one man vigilante who just flew to Paris to single handedly fight this gang when he happened to run into Robin because Robin met this chick Ling at the club. Respect. <laughs> This is how they met. Respect. Uh, I, I actually dig in the, the character of Rollins. This reminds me a lot of, um, remember back in the day before Marvel Unlimited took away the random Marvel Comics button and ruined my podcast, the random Marvel Comics podcast. Uh, I did an episode uh, about Shang-Chi. I think it was Shang-Chi Annual number two. And the whole story is just like him meeting this British Asian. I, m- I wish I could remember his name and meeting these other characters. And it's all, and it's very street level stuff, but I really, really enjoyed it. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. And I, I'm enjoying this just in, on the same level. Just because I'm, I'm feel, this feels like kind of like a maybe semi cheesy, um, but maybe also slightly enjoyable. This is the plot to every Kung Fu movie made yes. after 2000. Correct. Yeah, it's every Kung Fu like buddy movie. Um, Rush buddy Hour. Movie and yeah, Shanghai Noon. And I like all that. So, yeah. so, so that's why I'm enjoying I'm, it. I'm not hating. I'm just saying like, you know, it's, it's got a pattern. 
Yeah. Um, but you know, this, this leads to, this is where we get more of the relationship of Rollins and Robbins, Robbins, <laughs> Robbins and Rollins. <laughs> he's like, um, you know, he, he's, he's talking to him and he's like, Oh yeah, you're a regular Sherlock Holmes here. He's like, I'm a member in good standing of the Baker street irregulars. He's like, what? And he, I don't know. I don't, I don't get that. I have no idea what that joke was supposed to be from Tim. He's like, so what's your end in all this? And Tim's like, there's this girl, the ghost dragons abducted. He still thinks Ling has been abducted. <laughs> Tim, is, Tim is the type of white guy to say, you know, about black culture by watching BET. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He's like, but I want you to help me to help me on my street smarts. And this kid, this guy's like, so what are you like a superhero in training? You're going to whip the world kid. He's like, well, (laughs) actually, yeah, I actually am a a, a superhero in training. As a matter of fact, that's literally what I'm doing. Oh my my God. Now, now they've taken, now they've taken basically the, 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 the guy, Jamie Kennedy from a Malibu's most wanted. I'm the white Kong. <laughs> By the way, Tim, not really hiding a secret identity here at all. He's, he took his mask off very quickly and is, is completely revealed himself to this guy. I don't know if he's told him his full name yet, but he's seen him as Robin and he's seen him as Tim. So he's really is to me. He's failing his first secret identity test. The first fucking friend he makes, he's got this mask off and is just telling him all about himself. But anyway, um, he's like, yeah, See, my, Damien my... would have killed him by now and solved this whole thing himself. Would have killed Clyde. Yeah. That'd be racist. Uh, my martial arts training got got uh, got kind of sidetracked, and Clyde's like, "I'll teach you how to fight, but there ain't no art in it." So now this is where we see Tim taking his own path a little bit. We now see a, a training scene, a training montage. I'm picturing '80s music here. There's no easy way out. There's no shortcut home. And Clyde is is laying into Tim, teaching him the tricks of the street, and he is kicking his ass because this is street fighting. This is not the same old kung fu martial arts hoopsy doopsy art stuff that Tim was learning before. This is straight up street fighting, and uh, Clyde is getting the upper hand at every turn. And Tim's getting pissed. He's even crying at one point, but he's it's anger crying. Clyde's like, "You got some anger, kid!" And then Tim finally comes out. He's like, "Ha!" He, he nails him with a kick in the side, pulls Rollins down, and uh, nails him in the stomach, and he and hits him in the ribs, right in those those ribs that were already injured. And so you know, Rollins, Rollins goes down, and Tim's like, "Oh my God, Clyde, I'm so sorry!" And and, and Rollins like, "No." Apologies, kid. You're gonna do all right. You're gonna do good, Rocky. Thanks, you're Apollo. Gonna do, you're gonna do good. You're gonna do great, Rock. Yeah, this is every '80s movie you've ever seen. Every '70s, '80s movie. And then we hear a Bravo, and who is it? Lady Shiva again. Gong. <laughs> I've been, I've seen better displays of fighting skills in schoolyards. You need some elegance in your future. A woman's touch. This is her thing. She shows up at the end of every episode, every, every issue. Issues, episodes, episodes, issues. Uh, so we wrap up issue two. How are you feeling about this this eighties movie taken to uh, to the page here? I I <laughs> I can't say I have like a uniquely favorite Tim Drake story, but this is actually cracking up to be one of the better ones. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have, I, I have like many it. memorable stories. <laughs> no, like, this, like, yeah, that's why. It's like this is this is actually this is actually turning up to be pretty interesting. I dig. Yeah, it. it's it, it's something. You know, it's it's you know, it's not the most original story ever told, but it's it's showing some character sights to Tim. The karate that, uh, Kid in Gotham, yeah, in Paris. Yeah, like that's what it's that's basically what it is. Are they still in Paris? Yeah, I think they're like just outside of Paris or something like that. I think this is Rush France. Hour. 
<laughs> yes. And Clyde's like, who the hell are you, lady? She's like, call me Shiva. I love the cover to issue three, by the way. We're reading this on the uh, Hoopla edition. Uh, if you want to get the um, if you want to follow along at home, it is called Robin Volume One Reborn. And then I think our story starts like 100 and something pages into it because they also have Robin's origin story in here. Uh, or you can buy this trade paperback through our my comic shop. Boom. But I love the talking about 80s movie. I love the cover of this. Uh, the uh, Rollins is riding this motorcycle with one of those sidecars, and Robin's like standing on the sidecars with this little with this little sling that he chose as weapon. So now we're seeing these little facets, all these facets of his character coming together here. It's like warriors come out and play. <laughs> warriors. She, uh, Rollins like, who the hell are you, lady? She's like, call me Shiva. So she's finally Gong. introducing like i'm here to help you find the man you seek sir edmund dorrance the king snake he's like ah you naturally just a helpful person huh shiva he's like we all have our reasons clyde rollins you seek him out of some quaint need for revenge to soothe your soiled honor the boy aids you simply for the adventure of it charming i want the king snake because it is rumored he is rumored to be the most dangerous man alive and it's only fitting that he meet the most dangerous woman no and you are quite the detective huh she's like basically like petting tim on the face he's like i have met your mentor you are to be his latest little robin again he has no does not have his mask on here <laughs> i'm working on it. i'm pretty sure lady shiva must know must know who bruce wayne is right i'm pretty sure she does in the story. um i'm pretty sure a lot of people do i'm pretty sure almost everybody does actually um she says there is much more work to be done i have information about what sir edmund is up to he has some particularly nasty plans it involves a man-made plague we must know more about it if this is actually the origin story of coronavirus we must know more mm-hmm. about it if you want to, if you're to, if we're to deal with him <laughs> what's this wee stuff this is the episode we get canceled for sure what's this wee stuff you don't seem like much of a joiner you honey. want you, you want to get canceled when it comes up to any of king snakes dialogue just start talking like anthony fauci okay all right that's that's your job when we when we meet king snake again uh she was like we all have our talents although yours are not obvious to me rollins <laughs> i like that little that little snide remark i have information that robin can use to uncover king snake's machinations also call me anything other than my name again and i'll show you my talent so she is uh threatening rollins as she was befriending him there as well uh but she's uh talking to tim and as he has done more and more research and uh they find a reference to this guy krieger this guy krieger this is a Nazi weapon. There's a Nazi. I'm going to sum this up right now. What they figure out. There is a Nazi weapon uh, by this Nazi scientist that Sir Edmund has uncovered. And he's going to use this to unleash a plague in Hong Kong. In Hong fucking Kong. We're in Paris right now. Why Hong Kong? Uh, I think we'll get to that later. But that, that's basically where all this is going. And uh, Tim basically figures out where this, uh, where they have to go to kind of intercept uh, this plan. Essentially, he's like Doris. Doris is making his next move east of here. We could be there before morning. If we're on the money, then we'll be visiting an old Nazi war lab. Cool, huh? I don't think they know about the Hong Kong part. They just know that he wants to um, uncover this weapon. So they're heading there to try to intercept the King Snake. And yeah, they're coming up to this lab that uh, Robin tracked down with his expert AOL '90s computer skills and. And they're sneaking on in the three of these. And as they get into to the lab, they start to get shot at by the ghost dragons. The ghost dragons are back from Double Dragon. And uh, these guys are, are quickly kind of uh, getting overwhelmed. It's not long before they actually are able to take Robin. And then they hear Lynx. 
links from off screen. She says, ah, the little bird. You should see your face. It is priceless. Such a look of surprise. I am no longer the damsel in distress uh, and you are no longer the valiant rescuer. Poor broken heart. Lo- poor love struck fool. And she slaps little Timmy Drake right in the face. This is why. You- oh, she did that. She did that open hand too. And you know what that is, right? That's the bitch slap. Or no, that's the opposite of the bitch slap. No, no, slap. no, no, no. Backhand is discipline. Right. Front okay. hand is abuse. Discipline, uh, abuse. Right, right, discipline, right. abuse. For more tips on how to hit your... No. Um, <laughs> uh, this is when I think this is when Tim started to slightly turn away from women, maybe. <laughs> this slap. This slap hurt around the world right here. <laughs> and she says, I thought I would have have to finish my errands for the king snake before I got to deal with you, little man. But you made things convenient for me and came here to us. And of all things to happen, what comes out now? A bat, a bat, because all this gunfire just conveniently awakened these bats that were like in this underground lab. And uh, that's convenient. How convenient. Right. And Tim is used to bats. So no big deal for him. So he just uses the opportunity to to uh, run away and and escape here um, as he goes back around and is sneaking his way back to try to go and attack links again uh then he he meets up with rollins basically rollins and robin <laughs> robins uh end up uh taking out some more of these ghost dragon guys and then we get the scene from the cover as rollins r- hops on his motorcycle tim sling in hand jumps on the little sidecar and uh they are chasing these guys in this van who uh, were trying to get away with i guess whatever this weapon this plague that king snake was going to unleash is Eventually, they crash the motorcycle. How sad. Rollins, I really love this. In wrestling, we would call this selling the injury, but this is really a lot of attention to detail in the art here. They always show Rollins like getting up. When he ever lands and gets like knocked down, they always show him holding those ribs, those ribs that have been taped up uh, since the beginning. So I appreciate the detail by, by Tom Lyle here on the pencils. Um, yeah, but they continue to... Uh, they, they get to this van, and uh, they are... Uh, they're looking through all these uh, containers here and trying to check out what this th- what this is. But it looks like they already got some of the uh, the other like canisters or whatever. So they're right. They're like, oh, great. Sir Edmonds is still going to get his germ bomb. Uh, so they didn't actually get to stop the weapon here after all that. Then they are in this like uh, we, we go and see the King Snake uh, is in this tower. Excuse me. It's Dr. King Snake. Oh, there we go. There it is. There he is. And um, <laughs> and yeah, they're they're in this like weird water clock that where this this clock like runs on like buckets of water dropping it up and down. I don't know. I don't know what the point of the water clock it's is. Called it's called science. Cool. <laughs> the water clock is representative of science. I am science. Love the water clock. Anyway, um, and yeah, King Snake is basically just uh, what is he buying here? He's buying something in a suitcase from this guy. He's I guess oh yeah, from he's, the Chinese. He's a, there's nearly two million pounds in various Euro- European currencies in this case. The case is yours and we turn for the clock. So he buys this clock for whatever reason. I forget why. I think it's going to power something. Whatever. For research purposes. Yes. And then he gets a call from Lynx. He's like, Lynx, so kind of you to call. I trust things went well. <laughs> and she's saying, well, there were unavoidable complications. So even Lynx, after all this, after she takes over because everyone else couldn't do it. Yeah, she's having problems too. She's like, there's complications, Sir Edmund. Oh, uh, the cases were there just as you said they would be, but we were only able to get one of them. Rollins and the boy arrived. The boy I told you about. We dealt with them and are airborne now. And he's like, when you say you dealt with them, Rollins and his protege, might to assume they will no longer trouble us, Lynx. And she's like, you have my word on that, Sir Edmund. Excellent, Lynx. Excellent. Yeah, they have, they have, obviously they have more to worry about. Lynx Lynx should not be saying things like that. You can take it to the wet market now. Yeah, so um, basically now, Tim is using this, his 
his AOL computer here um, to do some more research on like King Snake's plane. He finds that the, the this plane is registered to Balamore Industries out of Glasgow, and you know he does all this detective work. He's a detective. Balamore is a holding company of Tang Trang Chemical, which is owned by Worldwide Commodities, which has guess who heading the board? Dorrance. That's right. Etiquette's the square. King Snake. So they have found the connection, and they figured out that this plane departed out of Brussels um, <clears throat> with no mention of this uh, this other landing. And Shiva's like, well, this plane will be heading for Hong Kong. She's like, well, a small plane like that. And Tim's like, a small plane like that can't, can't fly that far. I'll need to refuel. So they basically figure out like the one place that this plane will have to stop to refuel to get to Hong Kong. Um, they are on, so they're on this plane now. And, uh, like I, I kind of enjoy this character moment. And then Rollins is kind of pissed that Lady Shiva is in, uh, is in first class here. So they're, they're kind of arguing about that. Gone. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Rollins and uh, Tim Drake are, are talking, and uh, Rollins is saying, like, man, you can really bring the world to you with that thing, talking about his computer. He's like, well, yeah, I accessed all these files of the American Medical Association while we were waiting. He's like, don't you mean hacked? What do you mean access? He's like, oh, you know more about this than you let on. I'm like, does he really? I don't know if he does. Uh, got like, computers yeah, st- in the hood. He's like, I stored, I stored their general file on virulent diseases, the kind that would interest chem bio weapon makers. I'm using this English German dictionary I picked up at a kiosk in Dijon to match up with the label that was on the canister Shiva showed me. Detective. He is a detective. He's got a lot of nicknames. He's basically the, the scourge of Europe, the, the Black Death, the bubonic plague. He's like, and and Ron's like, that's what Torrance is a hold of. Dorrance, Dorrance is a hold of. He's like, he's got it right on the doorsteps of the most densely populated country on earth. He is going to release the freaking bubonic plague in Hong Kong of all places. Talk about racist. What do you think? What do you think of our story so far? I'm digging it. It's got right. it's got basically like every other page is them introducing something from another movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we found at least like eight different references or moments where they definitely crib some inspiration. Yeah, I, I think Chuck Dixon really shines uh, with kind of spy type uh, detective ninja type stuff, which is uh, you turn me on to some of his G.I. Joe work and you can very much see see the style there. I, I think that he's he's just very adept at not that he can't do like more superhero stuff, but I think this is really his wheelhouse, more of the street level, the uh, the, the solving the mystery, the buddy comedies, the the fisty cuffs of the street fighting, the whole thing. It's just, this is uh, prime Jack, Chuck Dixon right here. He, um, I mean, he, I mean, I, you know, I'm making fun of the fact that he's taking inspiration from a lot of these things, but I mean, he's no different than Quentin Tarantino who openly admits, yeah, I take the best things from other movies and I make it my way. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, going through this, he's been able to take my least favorite Robin and still craft a story that is really fun. I, I give it cred. I forget where they actually explain the the reasoning that King Snake wants to bomb Hong Kong, but basically he he just he doesn't like Hong Kong. Uh, he has it in for Hong Kong. There's there's no more like a uh, strategic reason than that. Um, and uh, so now we see uh, Robin and King, uh, not King Snake, Robin and Lady Sneva. They are in the Hong King Kong. Snake Gong. They're in Gong. Um, they've tracked down the ghost dragons in Hong Kong and we've got another street battle. And now Shiva is like violent. She's like ready to kill this guy. And Tim's like, 
he can't talk if he's dead, Shiva. And she's like, well, maybe he doesn't know anything. <laughs> he's like, well, can we give him a chance? Like, she's because she's ready to kill this guy. And, you know, Tim still has those those pesky Batman don't kill anybody morals. She's like, one chance. And, and Tim's like, look, we're looking for a plane coming in for the King Snake. It won't be landing at Kai Tech. It'll be someplace secret. He's like, I, I, he's like, and he says, if she has one other shot at you, I won't be able to protect you. I, and he, and he's, okay, the snake has a field in the, in the new territories. It's called Tonka. You've been one. there. T- tell him. So this guy Tonka tells them exactly where it is, basically. And uh, Shiva still wants to kill the guy, but but Tim's like, no, he 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 held up his end, so they don't they don't end up killing him. Uh, so they head off to this other base, this uh, this uh, secret air base where the, the plane is going to land to refuel, and uh, they are they are watching as uh, King Snake and company uh, get off the plane. And our crew rolls up in this uh, this red car. And Tim, I really kind of enjoy Tim's narrative throughout this. We kind of return to his narrative here. And he's saying, you know, Clyde has pushed everything but vengeance aside. Shiva is a homicidal maniac. At least she has an excuse. Where is the nobility in this? Where is the justice? Does Batman ever feel this alone? Uh, and then uh, they're they're following the trucks through the town and um, by the ferry over to this the central part of this island in Hong Kong, and uh, they disappear into a garage at the foot of one of these skyscraper buildings. So they're just following these these guys all around. There's a lot of probably more just following around than I, than, than we needed in the series because there are many often many pages of okay we're just going from this place to that place while we get some kind of like some of uh, Tim's narrative and him just contemplating his whole journey here. Did you see that Tim? tinder swindler documentary on netflix i did i did it's like when the women are going to go get justice it's like they're traveling around the world to get a photo of him it's like go do something this led to nothing (laughs) he got away finally lynx has delivered uh this one case of the bubonic plague to uh to king snake and uh king snake is talking to uh to her and she's like she's basically mentioning that um that there's one disappointment there's one small disappointment one niggling detail that refuse one small disappointment one niggling detail that refuses to go away the drug enforcement agent and the masked boy are still at large a few of your brother ghost dragons reported meeting them in kowloon last night they were with the woman and she's like well i lied Oh no, he's like, you told me you killed them, Lynx. She's like, uh, I lied. He's like, very poor form. The boy is associated with the American vigilante called the Batman. He is precisely the kind of interference I cannot afford right now. Am I really going to do this voice for King Snake the whole time? I think I am. You don't know. You know, you know I don't deal with disappointment. Well, you know the measures I take to prevent it. But a gentleman cannot kill a lady. It's just not on. So King Snake, even King Snake does have his limits. He's not going to actually kill Lynx uh, as he did with the... Uh, I don't know. It wasn't clear if he actually killed those other guys. But he, he definitely roughed, roughed them up but good. I guess, it does, he, I guess he did kill them. Um, but... She has been demoted and, and there are going to be consequences. So I don't know what those consequences are. She's being held in a room and bad things are going to happen. So maybe this is worse than being killed because it's not really clear uh, the, the fate that Lynx is going to suffer here. Um, Robin gets awakened in the middle of the night. They're, they're staying at this estate house. Just uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Some friend of Shiva's. That's how they explained it. I was like, how did they get in this mansion? It was some friend of Shiva's because, you know, she works. She knows people all over the world. And uh, he gets awakened in the middle of the night by Shiva. She's like, awakened, little bird. He's like, what? For what? <laughs> the ten. He's not. He's not. He, he, yeah. The, the, you, I think you're right. The signs were there the whole time because he's he's not at all interested. 
<laughs> for what? And she's like, the time has come for what? For you to enter a new world. And she, he says, uh, I'm not sure I'm ready for this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Something is different about this reading. <laughs> Something Some things are finally showing up. <laughs> um, and she says, there's enough time for that later, little bird. <laughs> now, now it is time for your lesson in martial arts. <laughs> Chuck Dixon getting spicy here. Now it is time for your lesson in martial arts. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, uh, I'll be dressed in a minute. So I really enjoyed this. This was hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, she's like, like, once again, just like in the monastery. I take it back. Like, Maybe this was his natural character progression. It actually it seems like it may, it may have been the whole time. Uh, and she says, a weapon, you need to improve uh, your reach. She's like, I'm good with this thing. She's like, well, a slings for children. So choose something from this collection. A gift from me. And he says, okay. And he's like, you're pretty generous with your friend's stuff. She's like, it's, it's fine. I'm fucking Lady Steve. I can do what I want. And he basically Gong. picks this. Uh, what is it? Uh, what do you call it? It's a staff. She's like, a simple staff. It's hardly a lethal weapon. She's like, I'm not looking for lethal. She's like, well, we're going to be facing the most dangerous criminals in Asia. So choose again. He's like, no, I won't fight murderers by becoming one. I'm not going to kill anyone. I've taken a pledge to, to my mentor and myself that I will not kill even to save my life. And she's like, oh, she rolls his eyes. How Christian of you. How white of you. Ouch. Damn. Lady Shiva's fighting the, the, the cis patriarch. Doesn't she know? Co- no, doesn't he know? Cobra Kai never dies. Cobra Kai never dies, but Cobra Kai strike, first, strike hard. No mercy. Well, and, and Shiva is showing no mercy as we get yet another. This is our third training montage of this series. This time no, 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 he is no, training with Lady Shiva. <laughs> And as you might expect, she also nah, 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 nah. she kicks his ass. Like nah, there's just no. This is not like the other training sessions where he would eventually get one in. On fire, <laughs> strong desire. Um, but I kind of like that she just plain kicked his ass here because it would have kind of been silly with Lady Shiva's character being established in the way that it already is in the DC universe for him to even get one in on her. So I like that. Like there's no Clyde Rollins. Oh, I finally got one in on you moment here. No, she just kicks his ass because she's fucking Lady Shiva and he's 14. So of course she kicks his ass. Um, and he, she just leaves him with the message. You let your anger control you. Only a fool thinks anger will help him in a fight. So that's his lesson from Lady Shiva to control the anger. And Clyde shows up. He's like, that was a world-class ass whooping boy. <laughs> She's like, lesson one is over. And Tim has had his ass kicked. We then go back to uh, King Edmund Fauci. And um, he's, uh, he's basically talking in his big penthouse here to Bobo, Bobo or Babo. He's, he's his assistant here. Oh, this is where, I think this is kind of where he explains. Let's see. Is this where he explains why he's pissed about Hong Kong? Yeah. He's like, I get, is he? He Asian? tried to expose my wet market. I guess he is Asian, but he in no way looks Asian. He says, all below me, all below me is history. My people turn this from a fishing village into one of the world's greatest centers of commerce. In just oh, no, a he's, and a half. he's British. Oh, he's British. Because that makes Hong Kong was sense. a British was a British territory. And soon it will be given away the dowry. No, that's Australian. I can't. <laughs> anyway, the communists take it all in just six short, six. Oh, short, my God. This came out before Hong Kong was given back to China. Yeah, dude, this is old. This is 91. This is like five years before that. So, yeah. So he's like, yeah, but that's what he's talking about. That's where this comes from. He's pissed that the Chinese are taking Hong Kong back from his beloved British Empire. And he's like, fuck that. Whoa, I'm just going to release this virus and kill everybody. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not saying King Snake trying to kill everyone is a good idea, but. 
Hindsight? It's 2020 now. Yeah, it's like maybe. What if, maybe. What if Robin the series really happened? <laughs> what if Robin stopped the British handover to Hong Kong? <laughs> what if King Snake was really the hero? Um, <laughs> moving on. We then see, we go back to, uh, so that we learn King Snake's motivation there. He's, it's, it's, it's politics, basically. He's pissed off about, about this whole thing. He's like, so he's like, I don't think he's thinking this through, though, because the plague, it's not like it's just going to stay. It could get off that island, couldn't it? Like he's just saying, I'm gonna kill everybody in Hong Kong, but like, bro, that that's anyway. This is the origin of coronavirus part two. <laughs> and uh, back to Clyde and Robin. Uh, he's like, Clyde's like, you still hurting, kid? He's like, I'm trying not to think about it. He's like, carving your name in that stick. He's like, in a way. He's like, you're still a little ticked at me, aren't you? He's like, well, you went along with an obvious psychopath's decision to endanger the lives of millions of innocents. You're just being sensitive, Clyde. And, and Clyde saying, Dorrance killed everything I ever loved. Excuse me if I can't work up a lot of compassion for a bunch of strangers. I know who you are, boy. Wonder to that freak in Gotham. So don't judge me, Robin. She's like, you got this all backwards, man. Getting back that bioweapon was the most important thing. Dorrance was our second priority. We could have taken him later. But now you and Lady Schizo, I really enjoy that. Lady Schizo have put a rush on both. Plus, we have to take him on his turf. He's got the hometown advantage. And, and Clyde's like, how are we going to get into that lockup of his? Tim says, leave that to me. I'm supposed to be the detective around here, right? And now they're, they're kind of back in the office uh, strategizing and Tim's going over uh, the security detail because uh, basically what he did, he called the con- this contractor and pretended to be an associate of the Kingsnake asking them, all, saying, I want to buy a security system just like the Kingsnake. Can you tell me all about the one he has? And this idiot guy at the security company is like, oh, sure, that doesn't sound suspicious at all. I'll just tell you everything you need to know about this security system that we sold your good friend who I, you've given me no evidence is your good friend. So that's how Robin uh, figures out the security system we do get another shot of this guy this like mysterious um french guy who was hired to uh go kill kill the king snake uh but he and he but uh so he is just kind of overwatching this whole thing um as he's uh seeing them take something in containers shipping containers he thinks it's heroin because i think he's on king snake because the heroin but we know it's actually something much much worse than heroin that being bubonic plague good times with bubonic plague um Moving along here, and this guy is he is accosted by the Hong Kong police, this guy that was uh, kind of there to try to take out the King's leg. He's like, what? I'm a tourist. I only wanted to see the ship. And uh, they're like, are you armed, sir? And, you know, they, they arrest this guy, uh, take him in. And um, he he realizes that because he knows um, he speaks uh, what Cantonese. What do they speak there? Cantonese, probably or Mandarin, whatever it is. He says, I know enough of the Han dialect. to know that driver is not calling an arrest. He's not even calling the police dispatch. He's calling. Who is he calling? He's calling the King Snake. He's got a giant snake tattoo on him. And so once he realizes dun, dun, dun. that this guy springs into action, he starts taking out these fake cops. Eventually, they just fly this this whole entire police car. Um, it's fake police car into the water. Uh, meanwhile, we have more training with Shiva and Batman, uh, Shiva and Robin. Uh, they, they're in no no rush to uh to i guess stop this bubonic plague because they're taking plenty of time to train first and uh, now robin is trying trying to understand the pattern he's trying to not get angry he's sensing the pattern he says she'll let me make one move and i've got to make it a good one so he, he basically does this flip move and like bounces against the wall and makes this like weird sound the, with his staff or he makes this weird whistling and the whistling distracts her. He says, the whistling staff. Oh, it's a whistling staff. The whistling staff distracts her for just an instant. She steps into my arc, and two good moves become three. That's the edge she told me about. She underestimated me. And as Robin finally does get one in on Lady Shiva, as she says, so the little bird has found a song. Meanwhile, we go back, and we see some more plotting 
from Sir Edmund and his assistant Bobo. He's laying out his whole plan. He's going to install the bioweapon in that clock tower that he bought. And uh, the plague's agent will be encased in a block of salt. The container will fill in 12 hours. The salt will take another three to melt. At that point, the scourge will be airborne and dispersed through our ventilation system to fall on the entire city. So they moved this clock tower to Hong Kong. That's what they did. They bought this whole water clock tower and they're going to slowly melt this ice or like wither away at this ice block that not ice this um this salt block that contains the virus and that's how it will go spread over the city seems like a very complicated super villain-esque way to release a virus but nonetheless that is what the king snake has chosen as his path as we wrap up do they not issue know four. they could put it at the wet market <laughs> why don't you release just it burn? into the air why don't you just make some bat soup um that's it <laughs> For Robin number four, as we go into the conclusion, as we see the King Snake on the cover ready to strike at our hero. Are you excited for the finale? Are, are you ready to wrap this thing up? Are, are, I, you... I feel I feel like all great 80s action films, we're going to see someone try and sweep the leg and do a crane kick and then a lot of explosions. And then all the friends running off into the sun as they do a flash Gordon flash jump. And then you have like Queen or somebody jump in for the end credit song. Let's hope so. Let's dive right in and find out as we go back to Tim's narration as he is standing over the building of King Snake. He's saying, this is the house that evil built, the Dorrance building, a shiny glass tower that masks an empire built on misfortune, weakness, and death, the slow death that heroin brings. So Tim's a lot more pissed about the heroin than the impending bubonic plague, I guess. But he says, Sir Edmund Dorrance had his hands on something even deadlier than the white powder refined in his labs in Bangkok. He's got a little piece of horror left over from the Nazis, a Nazi super plague. Um, so he is seeing them taking this plague out of what appears to be just a, a normal beach cooler here. Um, when uh, we hear Shiva talk to him from the side, she's like, what can you see? He's like, I can only guess, but it looks like they have the bioweapon down there. It's got something to do with that crazy fountain they have in the lobby. Man, what a complicated way to release this virus. But they continue to look on um, as uh, King Snake and his team uh, prepare this whole complicated release mechanism for the virus. And but Clyde is getting impatient. You know, he's got his gun. He's like, he's like, I'm, 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 I'm not going to pretend to give a damn about anybody but yourself. He's talking about Toshiba now. He's like, you don't pretend to give a damn about anybody but yourself. You just want to go fight the King Snake and prove whatever. I want him out of it. You play your sick little games on your time, lady. I'm going after Tor- Dorrance now. So he he just wants this kid out. He thinks that Shiva is just using uh, using Tim, basically. And he's like, forget, forget Tim. Forget this kid. I'm going after King Snake. Screw you guys. I'm going to go kill the King Snake is what Clyde says. So he's going off on his own. And she was like, look, just let him go. He's already a dead man. Can't you see it in his face? He died with his family. How sad. So Rollins is ready to go out in a blaze of glory as far as he, he's concerned. Let go. Um, and also Robin like goes to look after him, turns around. Lady Shiva is gone. He's like, God damn it. Again, everyone's just disappearing on me. Uh, and then uh, Robin is kind of sneaking around. He's he has reviewed the schematics of the building security, you know, detective superhero heroy stuff. And he is able to cut the alarm, um, uh, one of the alarms or something like that. He's cut. He cuts the sonics on the ground level, which is, uh, you know, one of the layers of, the secu- of security. Uh, so th- he disables that right before we see Clyde would have triggered that security. So even as Clyde is getting all hot headed and running off, Tim, through his smarts, is still able to uh, to 
to sort of help Clyde out here. Uh, but while Tim is doing this, while he's trying to track down Clyde, he comes under uh, fire from a bunch of... These are not the ghost dragons. These are more like... These look to be like Hong Kong soldiers. Uh, eventually, though, we go back and we see that Clyde Rollins has uh, is has tracked down the King Snake. He's seemingly into the room, uh, in his main room, and he's saying, Dorrance, you up here? This is very much like an 80s action movie. I'm coming down for you, Dorrance. Hiding ain't gonna help you. Not one bit. You're gonna have to step out here and deal with me, sucker. Then uh, we see uh, the Dorrance's uh, King Snake's head of security, Bobo, and the the soldiers there running around um, hunting uh, Robin and Clyde. And um, then from off screen, uh, Bobo is on the trail of uh, of Robin here uh, with the security team. Uh, we meanwhile we go back to Clyde, and he gets attacked from behind by the King Snake. And King Snake is just like I mean Clyde is is so he's still beat up from the the rib injury. He gets uh, a shot right to the head right to the back king snake kicks him king snake gives him what appears to be that that dreaded open-handed abuse slap as remzo mentioned uh clyde is just getting his ass kicked by the king snake here and king snake says where is the strength of the righteous where is the wrath of the avenger let me help you find it i will tell you how your family died uh we then continue to see robin being hunted uh by babo and the goons and uh they're shooting at him but the, sh- the shot almost hits this container that has the virus and this scientist guy is like you now, what are you guys doing? If a stray shot should break the salt block that encloses the contaminant, we could all be exposed. Like, are you, you're, you'll release the plague. And then Bobo's like, straight shot. I never miss. We go back to Clyde Rollins, who, again, is continuing to get his ass just completely handed to him by the King Snake. Meanwhile, Baba, this head of security, has gone nuts. He kills that scientist. He's like, here's your stray shot, buddy. And as Robin, uh, you finally uses that slingshot. They told him it would be so useless. Use that slingshot to plug the gun of Babo as he's about to uh, to fire and takes him out. Uh, Robin continues and finds upon the body of Clyde Rollins. Says, I'm too late. I don't think Rollins is dead here because he is. He does remain a character, uh, but he's been he's been beaten quite thoroughly. Let's put it that way. Uh, but Robin says, I, you know, his captioning, his, uh, his narration, he says, Dorrance is here. I can feel him. And we hear a voice from off screen, which is King's name. So you are alone. And Robin says, I know better than to answer a sign of your bat winged elder. Cause King, King's Snake, of course, has, has fought Batman in the, ba- in the past as well. He says, he wants my voice. He wants to distract me, to find me. King Snake still talking, trying to draw Robin out. He says, it's a pity. I would have killed him next. And uh, the, uh, Tim is saying, you know, it's the dark. It's his ally, his shield. But the dark is more to me. The dark is a friend. King Snake finally says, you have to breathe sometime, boy. And then Robin hits him with the staff, the whistling snap. The first strike, he gets it in on him. And King Snake's like, music. And he takes a swipe, but misses. He's really fast. Um, the misses only by inches. Like, and, and, and Snake is saying, you attack me with a toy, boy. You attack me with a toy. I don't even know what voice is supposed to do for King Snake anymore at this point. And Robin's... You attack science. <laughs> you attack science, boy. He's like, he knows the room. He can place me without seeing me. His, my breath is gone. I feel a rib going. So now King Snake is really starting to take it to Robin, really taking him out. He's like, you're Bratman's prodigy. You're nothing but an upstart, a deluded innocent. More music. And he, he hears this, this music coming. He's like, what the hell? A death song. He's like, I am not without pity, boy. I will make your end a quick one. And he says, huh? He finds the staff of Tim Drake and his surprise. Tim says his surprise only gives me an instant of hesitation. As Tim kicks the king snake, he basically used the staff and got it whistling somewhere else than he was to, to, to bring the king snake to, snake to it in the dark. And then Tim dives out, kicks the king snake down out the window. King snake grabs on and he's saying, boy, boy. 
And and Tim's saying, I'm here, Sir Edmund. As Lady Shiva shows up, she says, as am I. And she says, kill him, little bird. Kill him and become a predator. And and King Snake's like, the, the woman? And uh, Robin says, I, I thought you wanted him, Shiva. You wanted to be the baddest of the bad. And she says, but I will be killing him. Aren't you my weapon? My instrument of death? Say you are mine. And Robin says, no. And he walks away, goes over to carry Clyde's, uh, Clyde's like basically dead body um, away. He's not actually dead. Then they come upon this... Uh, this like secret agent that we met earlier. And he says, Oh, so you met the King snake in his lair and lived. And Robin's like, who the heck are you? He's like, I am on the side of the angels for now. Is Doran's dead? And he's like, yeah, he's dead. Totally. Cause he just left him with Shiva and just assumed that she killed him, but he wasn't going to do it. And he's like, all right, well I've called him the authorities. They should be here anytime now. Um, he's like, but like there's something else outside of my jurisdiction, something you might be interested in last week, a ship left here bound for Gotham city in America. So basically this guy, he saw that they were shipping this heroin to Gotham city tips off Robin about it. So then we cut to, uh, Robin and is basically busting up this whole ghost dragon clan. Now he takes out the ghost dragon totally by himself, uh, with no problems at all. Finally comes upon Lynx. He's like, I've been waiting for this Lynx and grabs her. And he's like, what is he going to do? Is he going to kiss her? He's going to kiss her. And he's or something. He's like, what? And she's like, you want to punish me? Go on. Or you don't want to look at me. And he sees that, that, uh, Lynx has, has, she had an eye removed basically she has an eye patch now so king snake his punishment to her worse he didn't want to kill her because that would be dishonorable he took out her eye and she says look at me i was punished because of you scarred because of you oh i was beautiful once <clears throat> and and he says well you know and then we hear a voice off camera you've been back a week and you didn't call and robin says i wanted to see through this on my own and batman is finally there and he's like you've been here all along he's like yeah, you meant an acquaintance of mine, Henry Ducard. He let word get back about the ship. Okay, so Henry Ducard is... Wait, is he... Okay, so was he an acquaintance of Batman, or was that Batman the whole time? Because you know how Batman, he'll sometimes dress up? I think that was just an acquaintance of Batman. That, that, that was an acquaintance of him. Okay, but sometimes he does like dress up in these weird outfits. And he's like, why didn't you step in? He's like, you didn't need my help. And he's like, you look ready. Are you? Is your education finished? And then Tim says to him, do you ever get tired? Like, do you ever wonder if, the, if what we do makes any difference at all? And he says, it does to me. And that's all I ask. And uh, as we wrap up here, I really do like Tim's closing narration. He says, for him, it isn't about saving the world. It's about saving himself. And why am I here? I don't know the answer to that one. <laughs> I guess my education is just beginning. And that wraps up. The very first series that any character named Robin has ever had to their very own selves. Ramzo may have been a slow start. I think he may have warmed up to it. Why don't you just toss me your score here for this little this little foray with Robin? I really like it. Like, it's actually not often that I read a story that I'm not really into at the beginning and increase my score over time. But this one, it did. Issue one, I had I had a lot of I had a lot of judgments, a lot of preconceived notions. But as it went on, it's actually a really good story. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, like, you know, Chuck Dixon's writings, while I think a lot of the dialogue is kind of stiff and, you know, it matches a lot of what you saw in the late 90s, early 80s. The story is really fun. I'm, I'm giving it a 3.5. You know, I, I made fun of it earlier. People might think that because I was pointing out all the stuff that they stole from that I was dinging it. No, it, I actually think it helped it more and it made it fun. And that's that's what you want from a comic. And when you're giving Robin of all people, especially Tim Drake, who's not the coolest, a series like this, especially since this is the first Robin series, it it's really freaking good. Like if you love eighties action flicks, this is like an eighties action flick in a five part series. I'm giving the story of four. However, the artwork, it's all right. 
it's just all right. And I, I, I got it confused at sometimes because I'm like, did they switch artists? Because it looks a lot like, well, a lot did, of, did you just, did you just give your own writing score a higher grade within your own description? You said three, you talked yourself from 3.5 to a four while yeah. in your own, very, I like yeah. it. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna like the, the artwork is generic. It looks like a lot of other people, but it's okay. It gets, it gets the job done. I'm giving it a three. So I'm going to give this a seven out of 10. All right. Not too shabby. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to agree with you on the writing. I'm going to give the writing a four. I, I really enjoyed this story even more than I kind of remember. I mean, I, I'd read this some time ago, but uh, I really just wanted to do it because it was, you know, I just didn't feel like doing another Batman book right now during Batman month, but we'll still, we'll still use Batman hashtags and such to, prom- to promote this. Of course. Still counts. Um, yeah. Still counts. Batman for sure. was in it. And because, like I said, this is my this really is my Robin because it's it's the Robin that I grew up with. And it's the only Robin I knew of is Robin. Because like you said, when I started reading comics, Jason Todd was actually legitimately dead at the time. Hadn't come back at all. R.I.P. Jason. Yeah. And uh, not, not even a Red Hood or any of that stuff. And I didn't know Dick Grayson as Nightwing. I mean, I didn't know Dick Grayson as Robin. Like I said, he was always Nightwing to me ever since I started reading comics. I only knew that Dick Grayson was Robin from the 1960s Burt Ward. So that's really my Robin, to be honest. Burt Ward is my, is my actual Robin. Um, he's he's the one that I that I, I dream of. In the middle of the night. Um, no, that's weird. Golly gee, Batman. I, I'm going to agree with you that I'm going to give this story a four. It's really, it's, it's like it really flew by. I really enjoyed the characterization. I never really got bored of it. And I, I enjoyed that we saw um, Robin's character develop and and kind of that, you know, from the beginning conversation with, Al, with Alfred, uh, we see him go on what's in seemingly a similar path, just going to study this same martial art that he thought he should learn, but he ends up on a different path. And I like that we get the influence of the, of the different characters along the way. Uh, he, he trains with Clyde and kind of learns more street smarts. He also trains with Shiva who teaches him some other things, but then, you know, he's not really going to be, he doesn't share Shiva's ethics. So he, he takes a little from these characters, but he also is very different from them and very independent from them as well. It's like him going from Miyagi to um john crease to terry silver back to miyagi <laughs> that is exactly yes that's exactly right and then back back to batman back to, back to his original miyagi so yeah that- oh my gosh they could have actually casted ralph macchio as robin at this point in time if they were doing that <laughs> you could either watch all the karate kid movies or you could read this series and and basically yes. you, ha- you have the same uh, thing but yeah i really enjoyed it and um i'm gonna be a little higher on the art than you i actually i thought tom lyle did really pretty good art here like is it the best art i've ever seen in my life no, but I think it's, I would call it well above average. And I think more, more importantly, it fit the story very well. It's, it's it fit the vibe and feel of the story. Now I will say when we see his Batman in the end, I, I'm going to take off a half a point for his Batman. I don't like the look of his Batman at all. The the ears on the cowl are like five feet. They're way too point pointy. And like Batman is like smiling as they're swinging through the, you know, swinging away. And that just does not look like Batman should look to me. I just, I, I don't know. I, only for that. Well, even his, <laughs> even without the mask on and like the first couple pages, like, Bruce Wayne looks like old Adam West. Yeah, he, he doesn't do the best Bruce Wayne. So for that alone, I'm giving him a 0.5 deduction, but I, I was going to give him a four so that I'm still going to give a 3.5 with the art. I, I did actually enjoy the art for the most part, uh, but you really mess up Batman and I, I got to, you know, I got to deduct some things for you there. So that's that gives it a 7.5 from me, an SPC total 14 and a half firmly i think you would agree firmly in the uh sunday read category why not pick this up give it a little read you know if you're watching you know blood match or what what was that is that the john claude van damme movie blood tournament blood sport blood sport <laughs> blood okay match. yeah this fucking guy yeah if you're watching <laughs> bloods what was it called blood sport? blood sport if you're watching <laughs> 
If you're watching, that's Blood your homework. Sport. Go. Have you? Seen, I hope you've at least seen, seen the movie. I've, even I've, if you can't I've, name I've, it. I've seen Bloodsport. Wow, okay. where he does the splits and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I, if you're watching Bloodsport, Big Trouble in Little China, Rocky, The Karate Kid, and you want to read one of those movies basically and have Batman in it, this is good. <laughs> if you want to read that and then add a little bit of Batman and a Batman cameo, then this is for you. That's the review. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's a uh, it's the first time that I'm surprised it's actually the first time they gave Robin a little series of his own. Uh, and I think he would have two more miniseries after that. I think one of these, maybe I'll look at this one because this is the one I, I probably read for the first time in real time. There is another Robin miniseries uh, after Batman's back is broken. So it, there was a lot of little series after that. You had Catwoman getting her own series, uh, Tim getting his own series, all trying to sort of fill that void of of batman being taken out of commission by bane so maybe we'll look at that down the road uh but in the meantime this is a good one this is a this is a decent one is if you're i think as far as tim drake stories this is probably one of the best tim drake stories like that's just a tim drake story because yeah. i don't know that many to be honest i can't i can't i can't name that many great ones anyway i like when john paul valley is batman and he's like i'm going to kill robin and i'm like kill him <laughs> kill another one I'm not going to stop. I won't stand in your way. Um, but that does it for this week, Remzo. Any uh, any last words before we part? Folks, please, if you miss Mark and I during the week, as some of you do, as you cry out our names and hope maybe we'll capture the, the sound of you wailing and come to your rescue with another episode, have no fear. You can quell those fears for as little as $5 a month or more based off all the awesome perks and exclusive access you want over at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. And don't worry if you want to go ahead and grab this and other awesome comic books. Use our link on the website and in the show notes of this episode for our affiliate link at mycomicshop.com. That's all I got, Remzo. So until next time, I think we only have one final message for everybody and that's to encourage you all to continue there's no easy way out there's no shortcut home to read comics and change the world good night america adios
Did all night Something's over 